Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer for Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the energy markets in Europe by my colleague Petra Puskarova, our European Energy Risk Manager. Hi to you, Petra. We talked a bit last time about uh, various developments in Europe, not least the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. What's happening there about its commissioning and when we're expecting to see gas coming into Europe? Good morning, Jeremy. Yes, uh, very good to catch up on Nord Stream 2 these days because there has been some development. So just to sort of reconfirm, this 55 billion cubic meter pipeline is nearing the completion and it's likely to be commissioned in Q421. Just to give also some perspective, out of over 1,200 kilometers, only 120 kilometers remain to be completed and the works have recently resumed in Danish waters. We have all seen lots of articles and lots of communications around these projects. It has been facing lots of objections and lots of sanctions from the US and also some Eastern European countries on the back of the fact that Europe would basically become fully dependent on Russian gas and some of the Eastern European countries would be bypassed by the, the shift of the transit to Nord Stream 2. It is not a surprise that Germany is defending this project. Germany is already biggest importer and one of the biggest users of gas in Europe. And it is a known fact that the demand for gas is set to increase in Europe over the next years and the decade, which is mainly going to be triggered by the shift from coal to power generation into gas to power generation. So. Again, it's understandable that Germany wants to ensure that there is enough gas flowing in. Of course, to make sure that the project is completed, some compromises have been made recently. So if I am to outline a few of them, Germany is actually currently planning and developing several LNG terminals. So they will be able to receive liquid gas from other countries too, which would lower the pure dependence on the Russian gas. And the transition agreement via Ukraine has been actually extended until 2024. So again, the sort of bypass is being delayed at the moment. So lots of information, lots of push towards this project to be completed, of course, to ensure the continuity of the gas flows into Europe. But despite the known fact that gas is set for the increase, there are some authorities that continue pointing that maybe investment into cross-border electricity market and more investment into renewable projects and increased renewable capacity potentially would be a better alternative. Well, that's a very good point, because whilst we need more gas in Europe uh, to facilitate the switch away from coal, as you say, actually a lot of that's about backing up renewables. And I gather there's some interesting developments there in Poland and, and elsewhere. It'd be useful to hear a bit more about. What's the latest? Yes, I wanted to touch on a few countries in Europe just to maybe show some differences in the pace of the development of renewable projects and to give the perspective of how coal-dependent Europe still is. So, for example, Poland is still currently 75% dependent on coal, so 75% of the energy generation or power generation still depends on coal. This is one of the reasons why Polish power prices are one of the highest in the Europe at the moment and also one of the most volatile at the moment due to the high volatility in carbon market, which has been discussed during this podcast on several occasions. 
Poland is of course working towards the shift from uh, fossil fuels into renewables. A lot of projects are currently ongoing. They've set some targets. So currently uh, the target is to implement 32% of renewables by 2030. But there have been several calculations or estimates made that point towards the fact that if Poland was to push this initiative a little bit higher, a little bit more, towards 40%, we should see around 5% decrease in the power prices, which would be, of course, beneficial for end users. To give a perspective of the pace of the development, which is interesting to read about these days, is the fact that the solar uh, capacity actually tripled since early 2020, and there are expectations in a short-term view to implement around 8 to 11 gigawatts of the offshore wind generation in the Baltic Sea again, in a very short period of time from current point in time. Very interesting about renewables in Poland. Wonder what's happening in other European countries. Are we seeing similar increases in deployment rates there? Another country that potentially is worth mentioning, just maybe in a comparison to Poland, would be Spain, where renewables are nothing new. It's likely that solar is uh, going to be driving the market strongly. At the moment, what we can outline in terms of numbers is that the solar capacity has actually doubled from 2018 to 2019. And maybe an interesting point would be to mention that Iberdrola is commissioning Europe's largest solar power plant in Europe, which is going to be commissioned in 2022, which is something that, again, if I am to connect to maybe previous episode of this podcast, is one of the reasons why we are looking at prices for a Spanish base load trading at very comfortable levels at the end of the curve. Again, maybe another country that is worth mentioning would be Italy, where we see slightly different dynamics and maybe really a combination of the switch towards renewables, but also a development of the cross-border market. Just again, to maybe give a perspective, prices in Italy are again one of the highest in Europe at the moment. This is more related to the fact that the commodity or energy independency in Italy is quite low and there are high expectations that demand for cooling is actually expected to double over the next decade due to increase in heat waves, especially in the south uh, during the summer. Important to say is that Italy has never been very highly coal dependent, but of course the need to increase the capacity is necessary to meet the increased demand and Italy needs to look towards uh, wind and solar. This is mostly on the back of the fact that despite Italy being less coal dependent, as I mentioned, their current level of hydro has been now explored to maximum. What is that to say is that there is no more space for further development in hydro. And also worth mentioning is that the actual efficiency of those hydro plants is decreasing due to changes in some meteorological trend, which means that there is less wind, less water. And of course, then the efficiency of hydro plants is decreasing. Projects are ongoing again in this country. Solar is set to increase from 21 gigawatts that is currently available on the grid to around 52 gigawatts by 2030. And there is a fairly big wind project currently being developed by NL in Campania in, and in Sicily that is likely to be commissioned in the end of this year and will deliver around 60 megawatts of power. I mentioned in the beginning that Italy is, is a very good example of a combination of two factors. So it's also worth mentioning that there is currently a merger happening in terms of gas hubs. So Italian PSV gas hub is currently uh, merging with the Austrian South Central European gas hub. 
which would trigger an alignment with it in the price. What that means is that there is a potential for, for the Italian prices to decrease by around 1 to 1.1 euro on the back of increased liquidity as soon as those two hubs are merged and also on the back of decrease in transition costs between Austria and Italy. This is not to say that this will only have an impact on gas prices, this will have also an impact on power prices because over 50% of electricity in Italy is actually generated from gas. Well, I think that's a very interesting perspective. Those of us who live in Northern Europe and tend to worry about cold winters perhaps should reflect a bit on Southern Europe and its needs and and the potential for solar expansion there to not only plug a gap when demand is high for cooling, but also to help lower the prices, which, as you say, have been very high, the commodity prices in Italy, and, and help perhaps create a little bit more convergence there. And looking sort of at longer term averages and and a retrospective view as well on prices, where do you see wholesale gas prices at the moment and commodity prices like carbon? What's your current take on where we are and where we're going? The current take would be subject to high volatility in the market. Of course, we're seeing again very high swings on intraday and day-to-day trading. But if we were to zoom back a little bit and look historically, it's important to point out that gas prices at the moment, despite the increase on the back of economical recovery, uh, colder weather that we've observed during the winter and recent sharp increase in oil prices, are still trading below the longer-term averages if we consider past five years as a longer term average and on the back of the potential for further increase in oil the opportunity window to potentially purchase some gas for next year below those sort of 17 euros per megawatt hour level might be limited so at the moment there is still a lot of value in these prices if we were to look at it in longer term view and when it comes to power, of course, a little bit more, again, volatile situation, especially on the back of carbon. But if we were to pick a few countries in Europe, for example, Germany, and if we were to look at where the commodity price was in 2018 or in 2019, these prices are not that remarkable. So we've observed levels that are comparable to current levels at the spike in 2019, where carbon for the first time tested the 30 euros per ton levels. And if we consider that the current trading range for carbon is 37 to 40 euros at the moment, those prices are really not something that we haven't seen before, while carbon was trading significantly lower. I think you've neatly illustrated just how important carbon is as a price driver these sort of levels, particularly for coal-dependent countries such as Poland, which you mentioned earlier. And it's going to be interesting to see how much that accelerates the transition towards a more renewables-based system. Lots of the advocates of carbon pricing said this would happen. It's taken a while, but maybe the market is maturing now and starting to have a real effect on the power markets. Well, thank you for your observations. Very interesting. I look forward to catching up again in a fortnight's time. If you'd like to find out more about these subjects and uh, would like to read any of our reports do have a look at our website alphaenergygroup.com forward slash uk and we hope you join us for another european podcast again soon <music>